Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover personal journeys behind their work, explore options from indie to traditional publishing, and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Hi, I'm Katherine Taylor, and welcome to Let's Get Writing, the show where we find out the stories behind the stories and all about the people who write them. My guest today is an author, a stage and production manager, lighting and sound designer, multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, stage performer, so many things. I'm sure you can't wait to meet her. Her first book, A Wonderful Bigness, is based on a play about her family that she performed in and co-wrote. So please join me in welcoming Diana Daly to the show. And she doesn't want to come up. <laughs> ah, there she is. <laughs> Hi, Diana. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Great, thank you. So nice to have you. You are in St. John's. I'm in Grand Falls, Windsor, Newfoundland, and Labrador, Canada. Let us know where you're watching from, uh, anywhere in the world. We'd love to hear. So, Diana, a wonderful bigness. I just love that name. I have to tell you, it speaks to Newfoundland, and it's a beautiful title for a book about your family and a book that transcends size. So I just want to throw it out to you to talk a little bit about this book and what it means to you. Well, oh my goodness, it means a lot of things. As you know, mm. I have many things, a multitude, and I come from a multitude of uh, wonderful people and places. Um, the book is based on my great grandparents and their children. Uh, so my grandfather and great aunts and uncles that generation mm -hmm. uh, and they the they were based in St. Mary's Bay so the Irish part of Newfoundland and Labrador um, very Irish folks but then they moved later into St. John's in the 1950s so I am a classic townie uh, my mother was born before confederation so I'm a first generation Canadian um, I'm not Irish, but my my heritage very much so is. So a wonderful bigness is uh, a term that my great-grandfather used to say to my great-grandmother. So Daniel Daly married Kitty Daly, mm -hmm. or Kitty Ryan, and became Kitty Daly. But he used to always say to her, there's a wonderful bigness about you, Kitty. I just, there's a wonderful bigness about you. And my poppy uh, used to say that to my sister all the time. Uh, there's a wonderful bigness about you. And it means more than your size. It means your mm -hmm. spirit your your presence um and then i guess i don't know if you want me to go further into the the very pointed piece about the size <laughs> that's the direction we're heading okay absolutely okay. because i love how you set it up i love that they were part of the you know the irish loop where there was at that time when they were growing up there there was folklore there were fairies mm. There were so many magical things about that place. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so they were an unusual family. And your your great-grandparents were remarkable mm -hmm. in how they um, loved their family, brought up their family, 
and I'm going to hand it back to you again. Yeah. So exactly. Kind of a classic Irish Catholic family mm-hmm. um, who d- took their Catholic directive of fill the cradles very seriously. Um, so the interesting thing is that uh, there, my great grandfather was uh, the policeman of the era of the area, big man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my grandmother also was like, a, you know, I guess around my size or maybe my mom's size. Uh, and out of their they, they did have 13 children, but 12 lived, which is also very common for that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so my grandfather, my pop, who I loved to bits, he was born in 1914 um the the eldest and he was just average you know but grew to be a huge man uh and then the next child born was my uncle mike and he was born with what we call dwarfism uh and then the next child my aunt Anne, also born small uh the next person i think if i remember correctly is my uncle gordon and anyway out of the 12 who survived Mm -hmm. it was Big, small, small, big, small, big, small, small. Like it, there. Out of the twelve, six had various forms of uh, skeletal dysplasia. So that is, I think, the best way you can kind of make a reference for modern times is if you think of the brilliant actor uh, Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. He is um, a really good example of like what my uncles uh, and aunts looked like. Um, or Warwick Davis is another person, but skeletal dysplasia comes in many different forms um so we growing up just knew it as dwarfism uh but now after doing all this research i know a whole bunch of things so two two of my aunties my aunt rose and my aunt Anne, i think had brittle bone disease as well um just but but nobody of course this is we're talking about the 30s 40s and 50s so like the science behind the stuff was uh, iffy at best um but the really great thing about I think the kind of root of the story and what people love about it so much is that uh, nobody was sent away. Yes, there was disability. Um, Yes, there was difference, but there was also a ton of respect and there was no, uh, they're quite lucky that the family maintained its integrity and stayed together and everybody was celebrated for what they could do rather than what they couldn't do. Which was pretty wonderful. I I think they must, your great grandparents must have been exceptional people because just even for me to even think about 12 kids, any of us today, which is, that would be an accomplishment Mm -hmm. uh, to raise such large families. Of course, they were raised in a different environment and, you know, no one was running around like crazy, like we do today. Yeah. Right. It was more focused in the community and at home. And I think that's where they flourished. I I love your book. I want to go to the the book a little bit. I, we've got the background story, but let's go to how you yeah. you captured that in the book because okay. you looked at your different um, aunts and uh, great aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. and you told their little stories, um, how they lived their lives, what were their talents. They were incredibly interesting people who adapted to um you know the challenges that they had in their life and just lived such full lives and um it it just as I read the book and the way you spoke of them I really wished that I had had the opportunity to yeah to know them and be at the house enjoying the music the conversation the the devilment yes (laughs) yes (laughs) for anyone does so devil skin is a Newfoundland word? Only we would say it 
uh, I mean, if you were saying it in the outport, you divil skin, right? Mm -hmm. I haven't yep. heard for a long time. Uh, but yeah, the yeah. mischief and oh yeah, idleness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, come on, life is rough. You need to have a laugh. You need to be smart. You need to engage in culture. That's that's the thing about my family is um, we engage in politics, science, culture, art, mm -hmm. uh, religion, all those things. Like, and that I, I love that you pick up on that. That yes, there were twelve children, but there was also all of the friends and all of the extra kids. Mm -hmm. and, and like my mom and her sister were partly raised in there too. Like all the all the and and of course my cousins and their cousins. Like. There's just a ton of people, a ton of people all the time. And yeah. And that's part of our culture. That's yes, how we grow up here. Mm -hmm. And it, you have extended family who are almost like family. Mm -hmm. And that's what I remember too growing up. Mm -hmm. um, there would be large parties. Now, mm -hmm. when we think of, of um, your, your aunts and uncles, their different sizes and so on, they, they found a way to work together and, mm -hmm. and to make it all work. Uh, I think I forget which one was he was Mensa. He was a, a member. Oh, yeah. of My uncle Mike. Yeah, I, I mean, so while they had the physical disabilities, it didn't affect really who they were or mm -hmm. in any other way. Um, and they were, and, and the book was beautifully illustrated as she told the story by Bruce Alcock, mm -hmm. Adam Lander, who mm -hmm. lives in BC. And um, so, tell me a little bit about. We have the family, we have your idea. Well, do we really? How did you come to write the book? What prompted you to want to do it? So I think you'll notice in the book too, it's like, woo, there's all these thread lines. There's so many thread lines mm -hmm. and that is hard to craft. But of course, it's creation also has a bunch of thread lines. So that seems to be my life. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm very fortunate. <laughs> my friends... Um, my dear friend Louise Moyes was is a documentary dance artist so she makes pieces where she learns people's stories and then presents them on stage with a, a mixture of contemporary dance storytelling and visual effects and it's just gorgeous I love it because it's really visceral and warm and uh, very respectful and she had done a piece about my mom uh, called St. John's Women uh, in 2010 and uh, as my mom is a representative of like that era of St. John's and, you know, what feminism was and all this stuff. And as, as mom and Louise were talking, big part of mom's life is uh, her aunts and uncles and her family. So she was telling all these different stories about, you know, how she was raised with her aunties and uncles. And Louise was really drawn to these stories. And she asked mom, can I do, can I do a docu-dance on them? And at the time mom was like, it's not the right time. They're very private people. Uh, not the right time. But then a couple of years later, we all kind of went, okay, let's do this. So Louise, uh, she really is the driving force behind this. Uh, she, um, you know, got us together with Anne Troke, who is another brilliant Newfoundland artist. Uh, you probably know these, these people here in this. Yeah, I'm so lucky. I mean, look at my friends. Yeah. The juggernauts. Come on. Anne is famous uh, for her dance and choreography. She's also an anthropologist and an osteopath. But she made a brilliant film called My Ancestors Were Rogues and Murderers based in Twillingate. Um, so she's a, she's a genius person, too. So and as a collective, we all made it made the show together but first I came in as a consultant I wasn't going to be in the show at all because 
you see from my bio, I usually do stuff uh, yes. that's not on stage, you know. Uh, but then they kind of went, it, it's kind of looking like you need to be in the show. And uh, I was scared, but I took the leap because, of course, I want to do that. And I was just mm -hmm. scared to do it. But what better people to guide me through than these two? So we took a bunch of years. We did many workshops. Uh, and then we made this beautiful play called If a Place Could Be Made. I say play, but it's more uh, a stage piece because, of course, there's music and dance and video and lino cuts. And there you go. That's yeah. perfect. That's a classic example. So I play the music. Louise dances, we tell the stories and we use audio from our family members. So as like uh, verbatim memories. Uh, and that is the little show that could, we've taken it all up and down Labrador. We've been all over the island, even to McCallum and Galtus, New York city, the national arts center. Um, that's Louise. That's a beautiful example of Louise embodying my uncle Mike and the, like the, what it means to be a man in that era so you can see my uncle tom and uncle gordon next to him and there's no that's a perfect example of like the camaraderie that they had where everybody's cuddled mm -hmm. together but also the style and the integrity and the grace of them and um yeah that's a that's a fantastic example of how we we did not ever at any point get on our knees and pretend to be dwarves because that is mm -hmm. a danger that can happen with this community. And so we had to be very, of course, very respectful. Otherwise, I always joke that my family would haunt me. They <laughs> likely would. Of course, you left, dropped you my Yeah, you'd have to be sensitive to who they were. They had huge personalities. But respect is important. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think oftentimes people shy away because they're not sure how do I refer to this and, you know, what, what. What is the correct way? And you mentioned dwarfism, but that's not a term really used today. Uh, is it? Or? It is and it isn't. I mean, there's. I, I'm not exactly an expert on all of this stuff, but mm -hmm. um, that's why I always say, and I, and I say it in the book too, because the book is for children. The best thing to do is to ask the person how they want to be identified, because everybody is different. And somebody might say, actually, that's not a word I like to use. They might say, I'd prefer to be a person of short stature. I have dwarfism, but I'm a little person or, you know, there's, you really got to be sensitive with people and, and respect them because there's a loaded, I mean, there, I don't get into the darkness of what can happen with people in the disability community with, um, but there were dark things that were happening to folks at that time. And well, and still to this day and a lot of discrimination. So for me, I just feel like best thing to do, ask the person and then go with it. That's and I love that you mentioned, we'll still go through some aspects yeah. of the show and, and the pictures you integrated behind. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I love the fact you, met, you you decided to write this for the young reader. Not young, young, but I guess it would be kind of 10 and up, is it? Yeah. Eight. I think eight can handle it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, we'll have a few more. Uh, we'll just scan through a few more of the shots here. We have so many of them and I want to share them. Yeah behind you is that ryan's fancy uh yeah that's ryan's fancy who were like uh or the sons of aaron one of the, yeah no it's ryan's fancy so mary and keck so we're we're impersonating them there uh we're out at carly aaron's pub having a smoke with the boys <laughs> uh yeah they went to all the shows during the irish revival like they and we have like tons of photos and oh my god there's yeah dermot o'reilly's in the background and they were great friends with ralph o'brien and just like they were at all the shows that they was, got around mm -hmm. excellent oh, yeah. 
And then I think we're back. This might be where we started. I think it might be. Yeah, that that's the like, woohoo, Joe. That's the like when Joe would go back to St. Mary's for the summer. All the kids were like, yes, because he was the ideas guy, uh, and he's the devil skin that you were referring. To. <laughs> the one who had that uh, tire. The ah, uh, the tire of dung. The tire. Yes. The classic yeah. tire of dung. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he he he. Um, didn't like the picnic that was happening. And so he sent a tire rolling down the hill full of dung. Well, he, yeah, he he basically sabotaged his sister's, his very day to get these fancy dresses together and go sit on the beach and have very fancy refined picnics. And he and the boys came up to the top of the hill and were like, give us a sandwich. And they told him to shag off. And then uh, <laughs> he did and came back with an old tire filled with fresh cow poop. And they sent it bumping down the hill and, of course, sprayed. The ladies. Yeah. Refinery. Yeah, not their finest, not their finest move, but I could see it happening. And definitely, oh, yeah. you brought out their personality so, yeah. uh, so much. And just the things they did, like anyone would do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like i got an idea let's do this I remember being that mad i'm just gonna get you <laughs> and i see the exuberance here i mean it's just beautiful um and the image i think is that your aunt mary and that's my aunt mary in the background so that's during the play we had that picture up and you can see uncle joe he's kind of sitting off to the side behind louise they're a little tiny bit oh okay yeah but, yeah. Uh, yeah so you know these are things that they really happen we're not making them up and they're um, of good times out in saint mary's and good times in saint john's too so i i grew up with these people i they you know they raised me and my family and my cousins and uh you know as part of our large family so i i always as a little girl knew about disabilities because mm -hmm. when our family had them I mean most families do but that's why the book I, I that's why I know how to say it to children I think a little bit better um because I remember being a child and going like oh okay that's different but like other than that they're the same as any other person and it was part of your life and it's a great yeah. message to bring forth at this time when we are making such strides in, you know, in inclusion. And sometimes mm -hmm. as I say, you, you wonder as, as someone growing up, perhaps a child would be like, well, yeah, how do I go about this? And then this is a wonderful book. I'm just going to, uh, I just want to hide that title so we can see the book again. Oh yeah, good idea. And here we go. A mm -hmm. Wonderful Bigness. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a few pages from inside there and we can see, um, Bruce's artwork there and those threads and well you use okay the church was part of this too mm -hmm. because your great-grandmother was troubled um, mm -hmm. at the time because we know the directive was go forth and multiply mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> in the Catholic Church um, and so maybe just talk a little bit about that because uh, I'll, I'll move through these photographs okay. and oh yeah the um now i'm i'm not a practicing catholic anymore i mean i was raised that way but of course i'm this generation um and but i mean i we grew up having mass on christmas eve in their house like that's how catholic how catholic are you that's how catholic we were that the priests were their friends and would come right. into their home and do christmas eve mass there so that's how i grew up um 
so when I think after the second or third child that was born, that was small, my, my great grandmother went into St. John's and talked to the archbishop uh, to say, like, why are we having these small babies? What should I do? You know, they were wondering if they'd offended God or, you know, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the archbishop said, well, what do you think God would want you to do? Which is like, thanks for the that's not really helping. But anyway, she said <laughs> she came back with. I think he wants me to have a big family. Uh, so that's what they did. They just kept having having kids. And he gave her special dispensation not to have more children. And that is exceptional. And it's also really hard to explain to children, contemporary children, because mm-hmm. they have no idea how much power the church had over people's lives and how integral it was to absolutely every aspect of your life. So for an archbishop to give you permission not to have more children, that is unheard of, uh, especially because we know that many people, anyway, I got to keep it light. I got to keep it light. But we all, our generation understands the impact of this. And, uh, but then she just went, oh, okay, well, I think God wants me to love all my children. And uh, that's what I'm going to do. So they just continued having more children. Um, and then everybody had, you know, you you contributed to the household, to the life of the home, uh, how you could with your best talents. And if if there was something you lacked, somebody else would make it up. And that um, there's no like, there was no like, oh, you just sit in the corner or you sit under the stairs or you don't have to do anything. There wasn't that at all. It was um, every, everybody had skills and abilities. And uh, it was quite amazing because uh, mm-hmm. some of them fished. They made their yep. own clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think it was, is it, I'm, I'm thinking now, is it Rose or she, mm. she kept her cigarettes tucked into, uh, my it, hand. yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm just seeing their personalities come through and I'm thinking like, okay, yeah. um, you know, it's, we are who we are and we're we here. are who we are and, and there's no reason not to be well-dressed and there's no reason not to be, I mean, that's up to you. They, they style yeah. is important for them. Uh, but and back no- in the day it was i mean i remember those days you, you dressed up when you went to church you mm-hmm. you know you had an easter bonnet every year we always had a hat and you got a new coat and mm-hmm. you know shoes and things so that was you know it was it was part of our lives and so that's my generation so when we go back imagine how much more you mean if, if you consider othering you know when you go oh somebody's when you're just excluded from daily life uh, it's mm. important that this is, you know, Mary and Keck made beautiful, knit beautiful sweaters for their brothers and that Uncle Mike was a tailor and, and cut everybody's hair and made suits for his own nephews. Like they, they had serious skills and that style was really important. Uh, yeah. I, it, it was a thing. And that's a, that's a great way to not be othered. Uh, you know? yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because your book is a celebration of family inclusion mm and great heartedness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Feel that reading it. So such a, yeah. such a beautiful um, choice. Now you are with running the goat, um, mm-hmm. Fox, which is Marty Parsons. And I'm just going to put that up here. I know I have it here. Yeah. There we go. And, um, and so how did that happen? How did you, because writing the book is one thing, finding a publisher is another aspect. So how did you find Marty? Or Marnie find you? Well, Marnie found me. Um, well, actually, Marnie and I've known Marnie a long time, uh, and I always loved that she uh, 
has a publishing company and makes her own books. And I love going to Toroscope, visit the shop and the, and the printing press. And I just think she, I, I put it in the book, her contribution to Newfoundland Labrador culture is, it, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. She publishes so many great people. So uh, again, lucky me, I can, I don't, I don't even go looking for these things, but uh, so I took the leap and did the show a little bit of courage there with the uh, great guidance. Mm -hmm. And then Marnie, Marnie saw the show and loved it. And she approached me. <laughs> I'm so lucky. But she approached me to turn it into a children's book uh, based on the play. But so that's why, you know, Louise and Anne are, are credited everywhere, uh, you know, on the cover and in the acknowledgements. Mm -hmm. But then based it on the play, but then to uh, sculpt it a bit more for children. Um, and so, you know, if Marnie hadn't have asked, I wouldn't have done it. That's that's no. the honest. And she was so kind and such a great editor and helped me like in in the in the theater piece. There were things that you couldn't say, like there was things I was just like, I just can't say this. And then Louise would dance it. You know, she would embody mm -hmm. the thing I watched. Well, I just went through. Marnie did that for me when there were pieces that I I was like, oh, I'm having a really hard time with this piece. Marnie would go, what if you just and then magic. Perfect. Yeah. So she, she and she was she's the reason why there's this book. I mean, yes, I wrote it, but um, <laughs> come on. Oh, <laughs> so how, how did family members respond to you doing this? Were they supportive? Yes. And I was so worried. I was worried everybody would be like, don't you dare. Or like, you know, because everybody's very protective of these people. Sure. We all adore them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, nobody really wants a spectacle made of, of your, your beloved family. But, um, oh, my gosh, I think the one, my little cousin, Pearl, who's nine, I think. She said to Judy, who's her grandma, um, she said they're reading it together as a family. And uh, Pearl said, you know something? We have uh, little people in our family. We have adopted people in our family. We have black people in our family. We are very diverse. <laughs> like, you're right, Pearl, we are. And um, my cousin Erin was at a book fair in the school that she works. And I'm getting these, these responses where she, she was like, don't you love when you walk into the gym at your book fair and here's a book about your family? Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's been wonderful. They've been so supportive. And of course, they're really enjoying celebrating the family too and being able to share those stories too. Because sometimes people don't really believe you when you talk about it. They're like, mm -hmm, no, it's a, it can't possibly be. <laughs> a very remarkable story. And, uh, you know, but it's a reminder that life can be rich. Life yes. is what you make of life. And I guess their, their faith and their joy as a family, their unit, it just brought them it just brought them through that. And, and so all your aunties and uncles lived very, very fruitful and interesting lives yeah. and supported one another. I yes, think it's a beautiful story and a wonderful story to share with you. young readers. And yeah, thank you for doing that. I added the a couple of photographs. Oh, great. End of your book. Yeah, there you see every. <laughs> yeah. Of the family. Yeah. Family. And I think it's, it, those are great pictures because you can see just how humongous my poppy was. And then like, you can see that's a little yes. bottom's yeah. baby and little Rose and that's their mommy, um, Kitty. And I mean, it's pretty amazing uh, to be honest. Yeah. And if you hadn't have told it, the story would, 
be gone. And now it's going to be with us because Thank it's in a book. Books are great, folks. Books are wonderful. Great. They are. They're so wonderful. And that's what this show is all about, to share the um, joy of books and reading and writing and Diana Daly, thank you so much for being part really of this journey with me, for being on the show today and Marty Parsons for the work you're doing and Bruce Alcock for your illustrations. <laughs> and folks, I did put up, you can reach out to Di Diana. She's Diana Rose Daly on Instagram and Facebook, mm -hmm. Diana Daly. So go check it all out. And thank you for joining us on Let's Get Writing. And thank you, Diana, thank for you. being with us today. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.